It's Tuesday, March the 24th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, stimulus bills stuck and the Fed prints unlimited money. First, the world in brief. American stocks had another bad day after the Senate failed to advance a far-reaching $2 trillion fiscal stimulus package to mitigate the economic effects of the novel coronavirus. Senior Trump administration officials and congressional leaders say they are close to an agreement, but Democrats are trying to secure stronger protections for workers and add some restrictions to bailouts for big businesses. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed down 3.3%. Meanwhile, the Federal Reserve announced unlimited quantitative easing to support financial markets and the economy. It removed its cap on the purchase of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. The Fed also unveiled new facilities to buy certain types of corporate debt, revived a scheme used during the 2007-2009 to financial crisis allowing it to buy securities backed by student, car and credit card loans and other assets, and expanded its purchases in the markets for municipal debt and commercial paper. Boris Johnson, the British Prime Minister, ordered Britons to stay home to halt the spread of COVID-19 or face fines. He said people would only be allowed to go out to buy basic necessities, exercise, for medical appointments or to travel to and from work if necessary. The government will close shops selling non-essential goods, libraries, playgrounds and places of worship and ban all public gatherings of more than two people. Israel's Supreme Court ruled that its Parliament's Speaker, an ally to Benjamin Netanyahu, must allow a vote to elect a new Speaker. He had refused, saying the government should focus on the coronavirus crisis. Mr Netanyahu's rivals, who hold a majority by one seat, had argued the Speaker was simply trying to preserve the embattled Prime Minister's grip on power. Mike Pompeo, America's Secretary of State, dropped by Afghanistan to chivy along a peace process. America and the Taliban made a deal last month, including a drawdown and a prisoner swap as prelude to direct talks. But Mr Pompeo was disappointed by a deadlock between President Ashraf Ghani and his main rival, so America pulled a punitive $1 billion in aid. A jury in Edinburgh acquitted Alex Salmond, the former First Minister of Scotland, on all 13 sexual offence charges brought against him. The 13-member jury found Mr Salmond not guilty on 12 of the charges and found that one of sexual assault was not proven, a verdict unique to the Scottish legal system. And SoftBank Group's share price jumped after the Japanese technology investor said it would sell up to $41 billion of its assets to buy back up to $18 billion of its shares, reduce debt and increase its cash holdings. Earlier this month, SoftBank had also announced a $4.5 billion share repurchase plan. The two buybacks together amount to 45% of its stock. And now, here's today's agenda. Groupthink, the G7 discuss COVID-19. Remember the fuss about where the Group of Seven summit in June should be held? In October, President Donald Trump abandoned his controversial scheme to host it in Miami at one of his golf resorts. Camp David was penciled in instead. Last Thursday, that plan too fell by the wayside. Because of COVID-19, this year's summit will be a virtual one. G7 foreign ministers who were due to gather in Pittsburgh today are also resorting to a teleconference. So far, the response to the virus has been mostly along national, sometimes nationalistic, lines. 
but international cooperation on everything from vaccine research to economic stimulus is sorely needed. Encouraged by France's President Emmanuel Macron, Mr Trump convened a G7 leaders video call on March 16th in which they agreed to act together and do whatever it takes to battle the pandemic. Now it's the foreign minister's turn. Can the West's biggest economies belatedly set an example of collaboration? Suspended animation, the Democratic primaries. In an alternate COVID-19 free universe, Joe Biden would today have continued his triumphal march that began on Super Tuesday precisely three weeks ago with a resounding victory in heavily African-American Georgia. Instead, Georgia and six other states have postponed their primaries until May or June. With headlines dominated by COVID-19 and both Mr Biden and his rival Bernie Sanders in their late 70s and hence at elevated risk from the illness, the campaign has gone virtual. That has made fundraising difficult. Mr Sanders held a coronavirus live stream on Sunday night. Mr Biden has converted a room in his home into a studio and plans to start holding regular briefings. While campaigning has changed, the arithmetic for delegates has not. Mr Sanders would have to wildly outperform his polling in all remaining contests to win. Acknowledging his position as the presumptive nominee, Mr Biden will soon begin vetting a shortlist of six vice presidential candidates, all women as promised. Corona Calvary, Spain's escalating crisis. This is a crucial week in Spain's fight against COVID-19. With cases, 35,136 recorded by yesterday's end, and deaths, 2,311 still rising steeply, the country is the second worst hit in Europe after Italy. On Sunday, Pedro Sánchez, Spain's Prime Minister, said he would ask Congress to extend a state of emergency imposed 10 days ago until April 12th, Easter, traditionally the start of the tourist season. With intensive care beds almost full and health staff accounting for 12% of cases, the government is requisitioning hotels and recruiting retired medical workers to expand capacity. The army is building field hospitals. Mr Sanchez, mindful of the lockdown's already huge economic cost, rejected calls from regional governments to close all non-essential workplaces. The government's bet is that tight enforcement of existing restrictions will be enough to slow the virus's spread by the end of this week, before the health service is totally overwhelmed. That's a big call. Captive audience. Disney Plus launches in Europe. With families trapped at home, when better to launch a streaming service? Today, Disney Plus, which opened in America in November, crosses the Atlantic. It has already signed up nearly half of American households with young children. Now it hopes to tempt Europeans with The Mandalorian and other titles. Disney could use a hit, as other parts of its business have been infected by COVID-19, reducing its share price by 40% since February. Its theme parks are shut, which could cost it $1 billion by the summer. With Hollywood on lockdown, its movie making is on hold, and as fixtures dry up, its ESPN sports channel is airing arm wrestling and cherry stone spitting. Even streaming could get harder. Like Netflix and others, Disney has agreed to degrade its video to free up internet bandwidth. France has demanded it postpone its launch there by a fortnight. Bad news for children, and perhaps Disney's shareholders too. Supersize me. EU expansion in the Balkans. A video conference of EU ministers will today give a green light to negotiations with Albania and North Macedonia on joining the bloc. 
Last October, France led a group of countries that blocked this, but adjustments to the accession process have satisfied them that it can now go ahead. More delays are possible. The European Commission first recommended that North Macedonia begin talks 11 years ago. Albania's green light will come with all sorts of conditions. On March 17th, Aleksandr Vucic, the president of Serbia, the biggest of the six Western Balkan countries hoping to join the EU, lambasted the bloc for its lack of help with the spread of COVID-19 and appealed to our Chinese brothers instead. European solidarity was just a fairy tale, he claimed. The challenge for the EU is to breathe life back into their accession process and not let it wither and die, as it has done with Turkey. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Elizabeth I, who died on this day in 1603. Anger makes dull men witty, but it keeps them poor. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.